Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mekaitis. Okay, well, this is a real fun episode 21 where we've got Alex Berman, who is providing some very useful tactical suggestions about writing cold emails. If you've ever had to reach out to a total stranger with an email, Alex shows how it's done. And it's actually been very helpful for me as I'm reaching out to strangers for podcast interviews. So I can attest personally, the stuff he's teaching here works. So it's very worthwhile. So Alex is going to share a little bit about how to send cold emails without being a spammer, how to figure out what a recipient's email address is, and best practices and customization subject lines and openers to ensure that your email gets read. So if you want to check out some of these items, the show notes, the transcript, and other resources, you can find that at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep21. Or if you want just a super quick recap of Alex's take and every guest's insights, sign up for the gold nugget emails. A quick bit about Alex. Alex Berman is the chief marketing sumo for Inspire Beats and is responsible for generating over $20 million in business-to-business leads this year. He and the team at Inspire Beats have sent over 1 million cold emails to funded startups and software as a service companies in the last two years. Here's Alex. Alex, thanks so much for appearing on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Of course, Pete. Thanks for having me on. Now, tell me, your title is Chief Marketing Sumo. What does that mean, and how did you arrive at that title? <laughs> I actually got it to troll Noah Kagan from AppSumo. Um, oh. I noticed that they had recently hired a Chief Marketing Sumo, so I figured you know, I needed a title and uh, just came up with that one. Oh, that's cool. So, so tell us, what is Inspire Beats all about? And so... You've generated $20 million in B2B sales or B2B leads this year. That sounds pretty impressive. What's kind of the background story for how you got up and going here? Sure. Yeah. So InspireBeats does uh, cold emailing for companies. So what that means is we basically make lists of leads and then send emails to pitch people on our company uh, to book sales or to book uh, meetings. And... Uh, yeah, it's been a pretty fun ride so far. We're about 20 employees now. We've been around for about two years. Oh, that is exciting and a quick rise. And so are you bootstrapped or are, are there VC funding in the mix? No, we're um, fully bootstrapped. Oh, that's good. So that sounds like then there's some healthy cash flow going your way. <laughs> fun. Well, so now tell me, I think that some people might already bristle at that idea, like, ooh, you know, cold emails and pitches, like, is that spammy? And maybe you can set us straight or, or get us reoriented on cold emails, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. Sure. And yeah, there's a bunch of um, ways to use cold emails that aren't spammy. I know most people, when they think about cold emails, they think about like those SEO firms that send out, you know, three or four paragraphs of uh, messaging that doesn't make any sense or for more of like a job secret point of view, all those random recruiters that might be emailing you. Um, but no, the cold emailing that I preach, uh, I'm all about customizing the email per person. If you do mail merge, checking all the data first and basically making you know emails that are going to basically be like you're just a person and you met at a networking event versus where you're just hard pitching people. And cold emails, it's not just for getting clients. Um, I've used them personally to get partnerships. Uh, I moved to New York when I first graduated with no job and got a job within two weeks uh, using cold emails. So there's a bunch of uh, things you can use them for. And I, 
I, I hope that I'm able to remove some of that spammy connotation by the end of this. Well, I mean, you cold emailed me, uh, and that's how we ended up with this interview, and I, I found great value in what you had to say to me, and I appreciated it because, you know, I'm hunting and hustling, trying to get great guests with valuable content, and then you just appeared in my inbox and said, oh, well, that sounds great. Yes, thank you. So I appreciated it. Yeah, for sure. And um, so for context, I cold emailed uh, Pete. Uh, the first line of the email was a compliment about the show. Oh, I had actually went through, I looked through uh, some of the episodes and found one I liked and gave a quick compliment. And then the pitches for what we we're going to talk about were customized for the show also. The rest of it was an email template. So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about not just spamming random emails at people. I hear you. And so now I guess in process, I imagine I'm thinking about this in terms of like a value chain or process flow here. When it comes to executing a cold email well, I guess there's probably a research phase and then a phase associated with figuring out what the heck is this person's email address and then the messaging phase. So if it works for you, I'd love to maybe uh, take some steps through each of these. Mm-hmm. So tell me, first of all, what are some of the, the key places that you go to to research for the people that you're, you're reaching out to in the first place. I know you're a big fan of, of conferences. So I think there are many different scenarios, but let's just imagine I'm looking to form some partnerships or, or get some information from some people who can help me out so I have a clue and some expertise on a new project. Where would I start that research process? Sure. So conferences are a good spot. Mainly, it's going to depend on who your target is. So for instance, if, you're, if your target is web design firms, LinkedIn is a great place because they have tags Basically, everyone that's a web design firm on LinkedIn is tagged as that. Uh, so you can use you know, LinkedIn Advanced Search or LinkedIn Sales Navigator to quickly find a list. And, and actually, LinkedIn is, is the number one place I would go okay. for finding hiring managers, finding decision makers, and then finding uh, companies. So first step, figure out exactly who you want to target. As granular as director of marketing at a company with over 500 employees that's been at the job for three months or less. Like You want to get as granular as you possibly can. That way, when we go to the cold emailing stage, uh, you, you don't have to customize the email as much. Oh, that makes sense, certainly. And so you're telling me that within the LinkedIn advanced search or the, the profinder or premium or something, I'm, I'm a premium user, but I haven't used many of the features. I can specify all those fields with that level of specificity? You can specify most things. Uh, some things require just manual checking. But yeah, you can find job titles. You can sort by seniority. You can find industries, cities. All of that. And then what you'll do once you uh, have those criteria that you want is you'll go out, open an Excel doc, and basically just start making a list of people, first names and last names. And then I like to just link to the LinkedIn profile as well. Mm-hmm. Once you have that, you can start guessing the email addresses. There's a few different ways you can do it, but other people have said it way better than I have. So if you just Google how to guess an email address, there's, I, I, I'm, I'm, there's over five or 600 articles just outlining how to do that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, so will you tell me, since you've read all of them or a reasonable segment, slice of them, what are maybe some of the, the top three best practices you find yourself using the most often? Yeah, sure. So for any startup, usually it's just first name at the domain name.com. Three resources off the bat that you can use. There's a Gmail plugin called Sidekick. What it'll let you do is guess an email address. And if the email address is correct, it'll show you the profile of the person. So what you can do is keep guessing email addresses, first name dot last name, first name at first initial dot last name at until you find one that has a profile. 
And okay. then once you find one of those, then you know what the correct email address is. Okay, great. Okay, so I've got the two line figured out. Now how about the subject line to make that compelling? Sure. So there's a couple different subject lines that work depending on how much you know about the target. Uh, what I found works best is generic subject lines. And uh, one of our articles hit the first page of Slash R Startups on Reddit, and I got so much hate for this, uh, for the subject lines. But basically what's worked best is high first name, about company name, slash Inspirebeats. So, you know, hi Mike, about Tyson, and Inspirebeats. Very generic subject line, but that's the one that's worked the best for us. When I was doing uh, informational interviews for jobs, I just used hi from Alex. That one worked pretty well. Uh, quick question works really well. You can get super specific with your subject line. So one that, that I was using uh, to validate one of our products uh, a few months ago was a subject line that said, you know, hi, Brett, built a tool that auto-finds Ruby on Rails projects. Is that something you'd be interested in? So that was a longer subject line, which makes each open more qualified, but it also might lead to a lower open rate. So you can, you can do either way. Okay, so it sounds like that there's no magic sauce in terms of these are the magic words like free or this probably even works against you. <laughs> against you. Some things to know when you're doing your subject lines. Yeah, subject line, uh, in my experience, most of the time it'll hurt you if you do it wrong. So that's why I stick to the generic subject line. The thing that actually works the most for getting responses is going to be the next thing we talk about, which is the custom uh, first line of the email. Um, so yeah, stick to a generic subject line like hi from, you know, Pete, hi from Pete. Or um, for you, I think it was hi Pete, room for another interview. So just something that clearly articulated what the uh, email was going to be about. And, and that makes sense. And, and that's actually a generous, friendly way to do it because you know, us busy professionals, you know, that's handy because I could say, okay, I can delete that or I can go further, which is kind of what a subject line should do for me. And so to recap, you said that formula you were using before was... Hi, name, about your company slash my company. So that's good for strategic partnerships. If you're a job seeker, just hi from your name. So hi from Pete works or quick question. Those work great. Okay, lovely. Well, now you got us all teed up. So what's in <laughs> the, the first line of the email body itself? Sure. So this is where uh, your emails are going to stand apart from 99 to 100% of everyone else in their inbox. The first line is going to call out something specific that you like about their site or that you like about their career. Basically, something that you like about the target. So for instance, let's talk strategic partnerships for a second. Let's say you are a mobile development company and you're trying to find other mobile app development companies to, to send you overflow work. So for them, you could go over to the mobile app company's website, browse around, find a client that you like, and just say something like, you know, hey, Mike, just found your website, really impressed with the work you did for Hilton Hotels. You know, that's, that's something that's very customizable right there. Okay. If it, you're reaching out for podcasts because you want to do podcast interviews, browse through the episodes, maybe listen to, you know, the first five, six, seven minutes of an episode, um, or a whole episode, depending on how much time you have, and say, hey, really liked the episode you did on, you know, interview skills. So it's something very specific there. And what that does is in Gmail and in actually most mail apps, um, you'll see the subject line and then you'll see the first line of the email also as part of the preview. That's right, yeah. So someone will glance at the subject line usually and then they'll glance at the first line of the email. And if it's something like, hi, my name is Mike. I'm a salesperson from you know XYZ company. They just won't even open it. They'll delete it. Or worse, they'll mark it as spam, which 
I've had a couple domains uh, that I had to lose because early on I got marked as spam. So it's not a good thing to go yeah, through. Here you go. Well, that makes sense. And so that conveys you are a human being. You have taken a look at something that I've done or my company has done. And so it, it almost feels like, okay, you have earned my attention as compared to someone who's just blasting a thousand of these with less than a second of, of preparation for each. Exactly. So I like to approach it similar to how you'd approach a cold call, right? If you were going to cold call somebody, you're not going to cold call a thousand people at the exact same time, get them all on the, on the line with each other and do your pitch. You're going to call each one one by one. You might spend 30, 45 seconds, you know, maybe five, six minutes looking at their website before you call them or just browsing on it while you're on the phone with them. And you're going to customize your pitch for each person. So that's why I recommend, yeah, spending three to five minutes on each email um, and, and approaching it like you would a, a cold call. All right. So that's, that's great. So I got the, the subject, the opening line, and what's next? Sure. So then you go into your pitch. I like to keep emails in general about five sentences, sometimes shorter. So your pitch should convey very easily who you are and what you want from them. So let's go back to the strategic partnership example. After you do that custom first line, then you can say something like, hey, my name's Pete. I run a podcast about being awesome at your job. We're looking for new guests. That's a simple enough pitch. Or uh, my name's Mike. I'm the founder of a mobile app development agency. We help enterprise companies develop their mobile apps. So very short sentence like that, that introduces who you are. Then you do the ask. So I'm looking for new strategic partnerships and your agency seems like a very good fit for finding projects. Or you know, I'm looking for new interview subjects and your background looks super interesting. Uh, then after that, you go into the ask. Uh, so all emails, I like to end with a question mark. You never want to send a cold email uh, without a question. Mm-hmm. I like to make it as easy as possible for somebody who's busy to say yes or no. So I like to have it be a yes or no question. My favorite is, does that sound like something you'd be interested in? If so, I can send over a couple times for a call. What's worked for me a lot when I was first starting out freelancing uh, was meeting people for coffee because all of my targets, basically, I was in New York already. So all my targets were based in New York. I, I used to say, if so, would love to grab coffee. Does that sound like something you'd be interested in? I'll send over a couple times. Otherwise, happy to hop on the phone or just send questions over email. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I like that too because that further conveys you're a human being and you're willing to invest some genuine time associated with travel and whatnot to get out there and do coffee. So, so I like that. And, and so I'm curious, did most people say, let's just do phone? Most people when I was looking for a job, I'd say most of them said, send me the questions via email. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I asked a couple really good questions, then they would hop on the phone. A few people, though, loved the coffee. One, one startup founder I got an internship with within 30 minutes of meeting him because of the coffee. The other one uh, was the one who actually offered me a job after a 30-day trial, and that was from one coffee. And then the third one uh, is actually the chief marketing officer at this startup called Betterment. They've raised about $250 million. But back then, they were just a team of eight. And he introduced me to a bunch of people that ran like WeWork Labs. And so everyone that decided to meet in person was super high value. Mm-hmm. So even the people, you know, most people, they'll say they, you know, send the questions. But it's worth just sending more and more emails because there are a certain percentage of people that want to give back and will meet in person. I, I like that. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking about data now. And I'm sure open rates, response rates close rates, whatever, very wildly. But could you maybe give us a sense for 
what kind of ranges of numbers would you consider bad versus good? And how do you go about tracking that? Are there tools, softwares, or spreadsheets, or what do you do? Yeah. Uh, so my favorite tool right now for tracking is uh, Streak CRM. I think it's like 10 bucks. And then there's, I used to use Yesware a lot too, but now it's paid. And I don't, <laughs> I don't find enough value in it to pay for it. So Streak uh, is the one that I like the best. Good open rate. If you could get an 80 to 100% open rate, that's perfect. Uh, just use some of the subject lines that, are, that we just talked about. You'll be able to hit that pretty easily. The only number I really like, though, is meeting book rate, which is how many qualified people are returning you know, your request and actually meeting. We're able to hit consistently about 2 to 3% for most clients. Sometimes it's higher than that, 6 7 8% on scales up to like 1,000, 2,000 emails a month. So I'd say that is good. If all you're doing is sending cold emails all day, for instance, you're a job seeker and you have you know, eight hours a day to, can, to put into the job search and you can customize your emails, I'd say you know, if you could get a 20%, 30% response rate from customizing an email, that's really good. Okay. Well, and that's helpful. So that tells me that if my open rate is 50%, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, and I would check, one, I would check your subject line. But if you're, if you're using some of the subjects that we already used, I would check your first line of the email and see if you're starting with something like I am versus a compliment. Mm-hmm. And the streak CRM that also you could just input right there. Hey, what happened with regard to the follow-up? Yeah, so it's a CRM. So basically, it lives inside of Gmail, and you can run a uh, a funnel where basically you can put them on open the deal, negotiating, closed, and basically track where they are. And then yeah, there's notes and everything in there as well. It also has a mail merge built in uh, for sending cold emails in bulk. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. And so, talk to me a little bit about. And I don't imagine most folks are going to be going so hardcore with so many messages they get there domain in trouble. But what are some just sort of basic things we got to watch out for when it comes to deliverability? So making sure you don't land in spam or junk, which are actually different for in some places. Mm-hmm. What are some things to bear in mind there is in terms of like message kind of sending velocity or no, no, no keywords. And we're not going to talk about Viagra, I know, or Cialis, but what are some no-nos just to make sure that basic technological delivery is happening? Yeah. Oh, and I actually just recorded a YouTube video on this. It's going to go live on Monday. But basically, there are a couple things to watch out for. If you customize your email, it shouldn't be an issue. If you're sending too many emails at once, Google will flag you. So if you're going to send bulk emails using a mail merge, use something like Streak or another one is quickmail.io. And what they do is, let's say you have 100 emails queued, they'll send one every 30 seconds uh, rather than sending them all at once. So it looks to Google uh, like you're sending them manually. Um, also, if you're using a mail merge, something like Tout app, uh, make sure you send through your Gmail servers rather than Tout's servers. Don't use something like Mailchimp. Don't use HTML in your emails and make it make it seem like it's you writing to them. Um, all of that's going to remove the likelihood uh, that it's going to be spam. Uh, I can keep going. Please <laughs> do. Please do. Um, another thing is you want to make sure your profile is tied to a real LinkedIn profile. That for that reason, I don't recommend creating a domain just for cold emailing, use your main domain um, and tie it to a LinkedIn. People are less likely to mark a spam if there's an actual person tied to it. And so the, the tying just sort of happens in the, in the background of, of company sharing data, as opposed to, I actually need to make a linkage between my pete.awesomeatyourjob.com, which is on my LinkedIn and my Gmail. Oh, so I was, when I say Gmail, I'm talking Google Apps for Business, which oh, yeah, is basically, 
yeah, you can use Google to use a custom domain. Oh, yes, um, and that's what I'm using there. Yeah. Um, but I, when you say tied in, is there something I need to say like, hey, Gmail, here's my LinkedIn, or Gmail's like, yeah, we know. We know everything about you. <laughs> it's actually in the LinkedIn settings. Um, you can add, I think it's unlimited emails to LinkedIn, and basically they'll associate it with your profile. And that way, if someone's using Reportive, which is a Gmail plugin, or if someone's using Sidekick, which is the plugin we talked about, your profile is going to pop up when they mouse over your email address. Okay, gotcha. Well, well this is thorough and beautiful and exciting. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking to maybe adjust the way I'm reaching out to potential guests, uh, which based on this, so this is edifying for me. And, and this is a kind of rapid-fire tactical goodies, which is, which is kind of fun. So you tell me, before we maybe have to shift gears into the fast faves, is there any other key stuff that you think folks seeking to be more awesome at their job should know when it comes to the cold email research crafting delivery process? So key things, basically you're going to have to send a lot more than you think are necessary. You know, rather than sending, you know, four or five, which is what a lot of people start out with, I recommend just taking time, sending 50, if you can, just 10xing it. That way you'll start getting positive feedback. You know, if you only send five or six cold emails, you'll run the risk of having one person respond not interested and it'll kill your vibe for the rest of Sometimes for the rest of your life, you just will never send <laughs> emails again. <laughs> oh, you're doomed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bummer. Okay. So that's great. So more than you think you need. Anything else? Just hit, I'm going to hit the customization note again. Don't think that you can just send a template out and, and have it be enough. Even if you write the perfect email template, every person that you send to, the language you use is going to be slightly different. And they can they can get a read when they when they see your email. So... The more valuable your product is to them, the less custom you can make it. But right. when you're just starting out or you're doing sponsorships, I would take the time and customize as much as possible. Perfect. All right. Well, well, thank you, Alex. These are some good nuggets. Absolutely. So I'd now love to shift gears a bit into the fast faves. Can you start us off by telling, is there a favorite quote you have that inspires you again and again? Sure. Um, it's not really a quote per se, because I don't remember the exact words of it, but Zach Galifianakis, who was, he was an actor in The Hangover. He also yeah. makes movies and shows and all this. He was on, uh, I think it was Nerdist Podcast. It might have been You Made It Weird, but he was talking about how the first take of a project or the first draft is usually the best, and it's not really worth spending hours perfecting language or really like editing too hard just to get that extra 5% benefit. He was pretty much talking about how he rushes things out, and I, I really like that that way of looking at things. You know, some people will spend hours or days on a blog post or on a project when, you know, the first draft is, is usually good enough. You know, you just need to read it through maybe and, and change a couple sentences. All right. And how about a, a favorite study or, or piece of research? <laughs> um, these might have a common uh, theme to them, but my favorite piece of research is the pratfall effect. Have you heard of that one? I sure haven't. Please enlighten us. Sure. So the pratfall effect basically says the more you mess up in a professional context, so the more human or the more foibles you have, the more people like you and trust you. So for instance, if you're in sales and you open the call by talking about how you love playing Xbox or you just saw the Avengers or you uh, lose the professionalism at some point in the interview, that actually, according to the pratfall effect, makes the salespeople trust you even more. Oh, that's that's fun. And... Effective at the same time. <laughs> yeah. How about a favorite book? Favorite book. The one that came to mind was Call Me Ted by Ted Turner. Basically about his rise as the uh, founder of TBS, mm -hmm. Turner Classic Movies. And he was also one of the first 
individual entrepreneurs to launch a satellite into space, which I thought was really cool. So I really like that one. Call Me Ted by Ted Turner. And how about a favorite uh, website or blog podcast? Sure. So I've been spending um, a long time on YouTube. Uh, the last three months, I've been trying to master YouTube for marketing. I'm up to about 500 subs right now. There you go. Yeah. So I've been studying all these big YouTubers. Uh, my two favorite right now, Grant Cardone talks a lot about sales and he talks about motivation uh, and B2B. I really like him. The other YouTuber, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk recently has been crushing it. That's what he does. Also <laughs> one of his books, yeah, <laughs> uh, on YouTube and making all these super motivational uh, videos. Podcasts, I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith's uh, Smodcast. It's not really a business podcast, more of an entertainment podcast, but it's, it's good after a long day to just get some uh, distraction. And then also... Uh, you made it weird with Pete Holmes. They're like mm. four or five hours long of him just interviewing celebrities, and they go into these super deep, like uh, mental exercises, and talk about philosophy and psychology and all these things. And uh, sometimes I just wander around on weekends and listen for like four hours at a time. Oh, that's fun! Yeah. And how about a, a favorite habit or personal practice you find very effective? Sure. Yeah. So the biggest game changer for me was keeping a day-by-day to-do list just in a text edit file that's always on my desktop and always open in the uh, right corner of my screen. So I'm looking at my laptop right now. I dedicate, it looks like about 10% of my screen at all times to this to-do list. And it's just a text edit file. I don't believe, I haven't had too much luck using like Todoist or any of those apps, but just knowing what my goals are for the week and then knowing the tasks I have to do every day has been super helpful. And a favorite time-saving trick in addition to the to-do list, or is that the mother of tricks? So, no, the mother of tricks is your gut instinct is usually right. (laughs) Yeah, that will save you that time. Yeah. As per the Pratt something effect. Prattfall effect. Prattfall. Yeah, so I found that your gut instinct is is pretty much correct. If you're talking to, let's say you're talking to a potential client and you have just a feeling that they're going to be, you know, bad to work with most often most likely it's not it's going to end up poorly the opposite's also true let's say you're talking to a potential new boss and he seems like a really cool guy off the bat usually that's going to turn into something good so i've learned to just start going with my gut a lot more and how about a favorite truth bomb if you're doing more youtubing and podcast appearances you're building a, a bit of a content library or arsenal what sort of stuff are you sharing that you find really gets people nodding taking notes retweeting (laughs) <laughs> you uh, listened to my rocketship.fm one. I know you called that out over the email. And the the thing that they quoted over there was uh, the only number that matters when cold emailing is the meeting book rate. So not open rate, response rate, or anything like that. Also, I think the quality of leads beats content of the email in terms of importance. So if you have a high enough quality lead, you can basically email them, you know, one or two sentence quick pitch and get get some kind of response. Versus if you email everybody you know, on LinkedIn a super targeted email, but they're not interested, you're never going to get anywhere. So those right. are the two. And how about uh, best way to find you? If folks want to learn more about you and your stuff, uh, how should they get in touch? Sure. Yeah, if you need B2B leads or you need help with outreach or anything like that, uh, we're on inspirebeats.com. And then if you want to watch more YouTube videos, tutorials on B2B selling, interviews with people like uh, Aaron Ross, Neville Medora, check out youtube.com slash Alex Berman uh, with no E. So A-L-X-B-E-R-M-A-N. All right. And a final perhaps challenge or call to action to leave listeners with? Sure. (laughs) So let's say you're at a job, right? What I want you to do is brainstorm 10 ways the company can improve. And then 
list out three deliverables you could personally produce for each one of those ways. And then I want you to email it to your boss's boss by Friday, by this week. <laughs> oh, that is bold. <laughs> I know. Last time I did that, I ended up as director of marketing at a, at a company. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, yeah. Alex, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much. And I, I wish you and Inspire Beats uh, all the best of luck as you continue to grow. Sounds good, Pete. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Okay. I hope you're ready to send some stronger cold emails. Take that time, do the hard work associated with customization and send out 10 or more so you're not doomed forever if you don't get a response on the first five. Again, you can check out the, the show notes, transcript and resources over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep21 and hope to catch you next time. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To get the most out of this conversation, visit awesomeatyourjob.com to find today's show notes, transcript and infographic summary cheat sheet. For more entertaining professional skill sharpening, be sure to subscribe to catch the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.